one strike from victory. Two outs. And here's what you pay to see the best ever. Baronta jumps on this pitch deep left field. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages throughout Birdland, this is Steven here with the Final Strike Podcast, brought to you by the Baltimore Battery, coming to you with episode 25 underway. The Orioles closed out the month of August, unfortunately with a 10-5 loss to the Chicago White Sox, but they do complete a 9-3 and homestand, and they do finish the month 18-9. and Currently, there are two games up on the first place Tampa Bay Rays as of this recording. The Rays are playing the Miami Marlins as of this time, so that lead could shrink to one and a half games by the end of the night. So we'll keep close attention on that. Orioles are off tomorrow before they head to Arizona for a three-game series between the former top prospect, Gunnar Henderson, and the second prospect of baseball, Corbin Carroll, last year. So it'll be an interesting series. Both teams are built very similar, uh, young young. Uh, exciting players, and some good, strong young pitchers, and a couple veterans sprinkled in. So it's going to be a fun and exciting series this weekend. I know my um, friend Myrna out in Arizona is going to be pretty excited um, about this. So we'll have some trash talking back and forth. But let's dive into what's going on. Today, the Baltimore Orioles looked like they were going to jump out all over the White Sox with a quick 4 nothing lead. Unfortunately, Kyle Gibson was not up to task today, and he gave up seven runs over four and a third innings with nine hits. He gave up two two run home runs in the second inning, and then he followed that with another home run and three earned runs in the third inning. Uh, didn't get much better from there as Austin Voth came in, pitched an inning uh, of work, gave up three hits, three runs, and before you know it, the Orioles were down 10 to four. Uh, Anthony Santander did add a home run later. In the ball game, the closest scoring at 10 to 5. Orioles do win the season series and the regular uh, series. So there is that. But that's the second series in a row against a lesser opponent where the final game we seem like we sleepwalked through. Um, and it happens. I mean, it's going to happen with a young team because they will lose focus after they, you know, big offensive explosion the previous two games. Come out with a quick four-run four, uh, inning to open the game. You kind of, you know, let your guard down. And it's simple mistakes in the game. You know, Kyle Gibson, you know, allowing pitchers have off days. But still, allowing seven runs in four to third innings. Austin Voth, his three runs. You had Jorge Mateo. Goes two for three in one of his few outings um, starting. And then gets picked off first base. Cedric Mullins makes an error in the outfield. I mean, these are all things that just shows the team was not focused and up to task today. So uh, we'll sweep it under the rug. Like I said, we do end the month 18 and 9. We are one of two teams in Major League Baseball to not have been swept or not have a losing month um, joining the Atlanta Braves since the start of the season. And we're also the only team in baseball not to have been swept at all. We've gone 81 consecutive series. That started the series right before Adley Rutschman uh, joined the Orioles last May. So Adley Rutschman has not experienced a sweep since he's been with the Orioles. Shows the effect that Adley has on the team. Uh, but let's delve into Kyle Gibson right now. Kyle Gibson currently has an ERA of 5.15 and a whip of 1.34. Now the whip is consistent with his career. His career whip's 1.38. His career ERA is 4.58. What is alarming 
is when you start looking at the stats in August alone, he is three and two. Okay, but that's a lot of smoke and mirrors because he has a 7.89 ERA in five games. He's pitched 29 and two-thirds innings. He's allowed 40 hits in that time frame. He's given up eight home runs in just under 30 innings of work. Eight home runs. That is definitely not good. Twice this month, he's given up three home runs in a game. He's had... Three games this month where he's given up four or more runs. August 11th against Seattle, he gave up nine. August 18th against Oakland, he gave up four. And then today against Chicago, he gave up seven. Then he turns around and against the Mets, he gives up three. And against the Blue Jays, he gives up three. So, it's frustrating. His veteran presence was added because he has postseason experience. He's pitching a World Series before. So, you know, helping the pitching staff prepare, you know, for a stretch run and get into the postseason is definitely something that picking his brain will be worthwhile. But we can't have a pitcher with his inconsistencies in the rotation going into the postseason. And I know we're still 29 games away before the postseason even starts. We don't know if we're going to be win the division, you know, if and get that first round by. We don't know if we're going to be a wild card team. Those are things that we have to look out and consider. But along the way, when you see players like Dean Kramer, Grayson Rodriguez, Kyle Bradish pitching as effectively and efficiently as they are, you have to consider not having Kyle Gibson as a starter or even on the playoff roster in the first round. Those guys are pitching with ERAs that are under 4-3. Those guys have been more consistent. Well, let me rephrase that. Grayson has been pitching with an ERA under three since he's come back to the majors. His ERA on the season is still just over five. It's 5.03, but he's brought it down 2.3 points over his last eight starts. So what I'm getting at is there's growth with him. There's growth with Kramer and Bradish, who has the – Second lowest ERA in the AL right now with a 3.03. Um, he's been doing it all year. He's had three starts where he's given up more than three earned runs out of 22 starts. And that's something that you have to look at. There is growth between these pitchers. And as much as I like Kyle Gibson, as much as I've stood on that hill all season long and said it on here a few times that he was the best free agent pickup in the offseason, you got to worry because we're in a stretch run and he's got an ERA almost at eight. It was over four in July. It was almost seven in June. His best month was May and April. Uh, he had uh, sub three, uh, sub four ERA in April and May. And he went six and three during that time. Since then, he's. Six and five, and his ERA has ballooned. Ballooned from the end of May, it was at 389 to 5.15 now in August. And then to follow that up, you get Austin Both, who has an ERA in the fives. Out of the bullpen, he has a 5.19 ERA. He's not even pitching the same amount of innings as Gibson, and he's struggling. He's had two good outings all year, and I know he was injured. Everybody on here who listens knows how I feel about Austin Voth. 
But I'm sorry, 25 games, you have a 5.19 ERA. Your whip is 1.56. You're coming out of the bullpen. That means you're allowing almost two hits and or, and or waltz per inning pitched. That is not something that you, you can get through a game with. You know, coming out of the bullpen, that's definitely dangerous. What's worse is when you look at the amount of innings he's pitched, he's given up six home runs in 34 innings. I mean, that's a home run almost one every five innings. He had a streak where he came in and gave up a home run in five out of the six games he pitched. The velocity's not there. The control's not there. You know, I watched him as he was rehabbing, and he wasn't doing well in the minors either. We made a mistake here, unfortunately, in bringing both up and sending Bauman down. Bauman had one bad outing. Now, whether it was just to give him a mental break, I don't know. But you also have Tyler Wells, who has been pitching in AA and AAA. Uh, saw the other day he was working as a closer for the Norfolk Tide. So they're getting him ready for a relief role. D.O. Hall has come up, has pitched very well since he's come up. Um so, you know, we do have pieces in place that can easily replace Austin Voth. And I just, I know everybody thinks that the magic that he had last year might come back. But if you look at the full season, his ERA was over four, mostly out of the bullpen. He did come to the Orioles and his, his ERA for the Orioles was, was right around three. But he's had one half of good season in five years in the league. His ERA with the Nationals last year was over 10. These are things that you got to look at. He had one half a good year and then sat there in arbitration and demanded $2 million. And look what we've gotten in return for that investment. So a couple tidbits for the month to know is Yenier Cano. He pitched 13 games in August and did not give up a run. So Cano... Who's had to step up for Felix Bautista since she has a UCL injury. We're still waiting to hear how severe this injury is and if it's an injury that might cost us having Bautista next year. Um, hopefully it's just a strain and nothing more. Um, definitely don't want to wish Tommy John on anybody. Um, it's usually a two-year two recovery, you know, and he's a big guy. He's six foot eight, you know, so the body's going to respond a lot differently than how it would to somebody who's six foot. Uh, Cyanel Perez, CNL Perez, sorry, pitched 11 games, did not give up a run. So it's good to see Perez back to the form he was last year. That's definitely going to be important for us, especially since I think a lot of people have forgotten we still have Keegan Aiken down in the minor leagues. So not that I'm in any rush to get him back, but another left-handed pitcher. But I'd go with Nick Vespi if I was to bring any other lefty up. Nick Vespi has earned the right to be here. He is Bailed our butts out for the bullpen quite a few times with multiple innings in his appearance. He did give up two runs last time, but the kid had pitched so much in a short period of time, he was probably tired. you know. And at that point, when he came out the second inning, we had to have him out. It's the same reason why Bauman ended up finishing the game. So, you know, it's, it's like Hyde had said, there was nobody else in the bullpen. Um, Anthony Santander had 21 RBIs in the month uh, with 21 strikeouts in August. Uh, we're actually going to get into Santander here in a minute. Ryan Mountcastle walked 15 times for the month of April. So it's good to see the patients returning to Ryan Mountcastle. That definitely will be significant because he is a stronger player 
when he's patient. I mean, as of right now, his OPS is 801. It's great to see it over eight. He's come on fire lately. I mean, you look at his totals for the month of August, and the guy just has been phenomenal since he's come off the DL. We'll just put it that way. But he had 36 hits and 100 at-bats, so 360 batting average for the month of August, 444 on-base percentage, 540 slugging percentage. He did strike out 25 times, but once again, 15 walks. That's huge. If you go back each month and look, he had three walks in the month of July. He had one walk in the month of June, and I know he only played four games. Seven walks in the month of May. Two walks in the entire month of April. So he's tripled his walk total from last month, or went five times over his walk total from last month. You know, it's it's five home runs, 19 RBIs. You get Ryan Mountcastle hot, he can carry a team, but you get Mountcastle and Santander hot at the same time, which Santander is on fire. You're definitely doing something. You are got, you've got two middle-of-the-order heart bats. And then you have Gunnar Henderson, you know, who's just top hits after top hits. Uh, Cedric Mullins is making clutch hits. Adam Frazier and Westbrook have been doing what they need to do. Westbrook. I said Westbrook. <laughs> Excuse me there. Ryan O'Hearn, a surprise out of nowhere. 297 batting average, 828 OPS. We had, today in our lineup, we had three starters with an OPS over eight. We had seven starters with an OPS over seven. And when you look at it, Henderson, 809 OPS, 252 batting average. Westberg, 261 batting average, 702 OPS. Mountcastle, 275 batting average, 801 OPS. O'Hearn, 297 batting average, 828 OPS. And then the man with the plan, Anthony Santander, 260 batting average, 825 OPS. This man has been on fire. He hit 407 against Chicago, had two home runs. He totaled six hits and 13 at-bats and picked up a total of nine RBIs in the series. In the month of August alone, he's got 24 hits. He's got four doubles, eight home runs in August, 21 RBIs. On-base percentage of 333. Him getting on base at 33% clip is what we need. He's currently batting 276 on the year, like I said, and he's got 598 slugging percentage. And that's his highest slugging percentage by far for the year. Uh, actually, I take that back. Second highest since May. He had a 634 slugging percentage in May. But I don't – he had seven home runs with 22 RBIs, so his – Offensive production is a little bit better in this month um, than it was back then. So Santander is definitely catching fire at the right time. Hopefully that's going to continue as we head out west to Arizona. That Arizona series definitely has got me, whew, definitely got me looking up. And it's going to be an interesting series. It's going to be a fun series, but it's definitely going to be an interesting series to say the least. So 
we got to pay attention to that. We've got to pay attention to, you know, what we're doing going forward. I don't want to say we need to be scoreboard watching, but we better watch our rearview mirror. Even with all the mess going on with Tampa and Wander Franco, the allegations, the investigations, and everything like that, Tampa's still playing strong ball. They've lost their top pitcher for the season, still are playing strong ball. Do they continue to do that and fade? I don't know. Or do they continue to stay strong going forward? But, you know, right now, currently, they're it's tied. Nothing, nothing in the fourth. But, you know, they came back against the Rockies three times in the seventh inning or later. Uh, they lost one of the games against the Yankees, but then turned around and beat them pretty good in the next two. So... We've got to be careful because Tampa Bay is not giving up or giving in, and they have the players and the depth that they can plug and fill pieces. So we've got to pay attention to what we're doing, but we also got to keep our focus. You know, these games like today, like last Sunday against Colorado, those are games that just because you win a series, you can't just give up. And I'm sorry, I'm not one to usually diss on Brandon Hyde, I've been very supportive of him. But this is the time of year, I'm sorry, you've got to start using a regular lineup. This lineup we put out today, and not to knock on, you know, it wasn't a horrible lineup, but you give Adley Rutschman off, which you're off tomorrow. So Adley technically gets two days. He did pinch hit today. But Jorge Mateo, James McCann, you put Adam Frazier out in left field. You know, you put Mountcastle at DH, you know, Having Ryan Mountcastle and O'Hearn and Santander and Henderson in the lineup are crucial, as is Mullins. You know, but then you switch out the bottom, and I'm sorry, in a game like today, I'm not putting Jorge Mateo in as a starter. And I know he went two for three, but he's batting 211. He got picked off. This is supposed to be one of our stronger base runners, and he's been picked off numerous times this year or caught stealing. Adam Frazier got his ninth stolen base. Adam Frazier went two for four. He's batting 241, but he's also got an OPS of over seven. So it's not necessarily that, you know, just because you're not hitting well, you're not your your hits have to be crucial hits. Adam Frazier's producing, especially in clutch situations. James McCann, he's been on a tear lately. I will give credit to that. But he went over four with three strikeouts today after not playing for a day or two. So, you know. We're in important games right now. I would have played our regulars today and then let them have off tomorrow. But as is, you had Hayes off a couple days ago, and now he's off again. I honestly think there's something wrong with Hayes because I don't know if anybody's noticed if you watch the games or in person. When he runs, it almost like he's running with a limp. And I know he's crashed into the wall a couple times. I know he's gotten hit with pitches, and I know he's exposed his body to a lot of physical play out in the outfield. But if Hayes is hurt, we need to know. And this crap of sitting these players down, you know, three, four days at a time by putting other players in, which granted McKenna is, has filled in admirably. He did great the previous two games. But we got to get back to a consistent lineup. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I know Mountcastle also needs time off and everything like that. But you can switch Ryan Mountcastle and O'Hearn. O'Hearn can play the outfield as well. But... Anthony Santander could have been DHing today, you know, or Adley Rutschman. I just, 
Adley's played, I think, all but uh, three or four games this season. But having him DH, especially with his bat, is crucial in a game like today because you have such the slimmest and slightest of leads. You're getting ready to go up against Arizona. You still have to go to Houston. You still have to play Tampa. You know, these are things that, you know, I don't like to nitpick and criticize because we're having a hell of a year. And I'm glad we are. But then I look at the upcoming schedule. Arizona is not going to be easy. The Angels, well, I don't know. They just dumped half their team into waivers. So who knows with them? Plus, you don't have Trout and you have Otani, who's got an injured UCL. So he's not going to be pitching. Boston is never an easy series. St. Louis, they're going to be tough. They're in spoiler mode, so they're going to start bringing up prospects and everything, and there's not going to be a book on them, and that can hurt a team. But then you're home after St. Louis. You're home against St. Louis, but after St. Louis, you get Tampa Bay for four games. You have a stretch where you're away in Boston, come home to play St. Louis, Tampa Bay for four games. Then you go to Houston. And then you go to Cleveland for four games, and there's no off day in between there. Then you come home and you end the season against Washington and Boston for four, Washington for two and Boston for four. So that's not an easy stretch. And I know they say the Orioles have the sixth easiest schedule going forward, and Tampa Bay has like the fifth hardest schedule going forward. It doesn't matter. That doesn't come into play. What matters is when you get on the field and play the team, you have to do your job. You have to get out there. You have to remain focused, and you got to stop losing focus and making these minuscule mistakes that turn into big problems, i.e. today. Gibson was off. Gibson should not have stayed in as long as he did, especially with an off day tomorrow. But then you bring in Voth, who's just as bad. So, you know, hindsight 2020, but it's almost like the team was not prepared to play today. That falls on the manager. You know, first game of the series, Kevin Brown and Ben McDonald are talking about the pitchers being out there, they're fielding grounders, uh, covering bunts, covering first base, you know, situational fielding drills. And then two days later, you get what we got today. You know, player picked off first base. Cedric Mullins making an error in the outfield. Unusual obstacles that cause problems for a team. You can't give teams extra outs. I've said it, I've said it quite a few times, you know, you give teams like the Astros series, when you give teams extra outs, they're going to take advantage. And a team like the Astros, a team like Arizona, Tampa Bay, they're going to take advantage of that situation and they're going to make you pay for it. When you get into the playoffs, these nine to three games slowly start disappearing because everything has such a heightened amount of pressure on it that the focus has to be 10 times more than it is in the regular season. We have a very young team. And that's something that we have to consider. This is why we brought in Kyle Gibson, Adam Frazier, James McCann, Aaron Hicks. You know, the moves were calculated moves because they were crucial to helping our younger players prepare and work on how it should be in the postseason. Remember, a lot of the times the top seeds in the postseason don't make the World Series. So it's not always a benefit to be the best team. With a young team like ours, especially with the work our bullpens put forth, that first round bye 
being one of the top two teams in in the bay in the uh, AL would benefit us tremendously. But could it also hurt? It's like Seattle. You have to look at the Mariners. Did Seattle catch fire too early and are going to run out of gas come playoff time? They passed the Rangers. They were in fourth place before the month of August started, and now they're in first place. You see the Rangers, they're running out of gas. You know, So these are all little things that we have to pay attention to, and that's what I want people to realize. Um, I want you to be on the lookout. Zach Gray Bucklow has the uh, monthly recap for the Orioles. should be coming out um, probably tomorrow. Um, recap for the Orioles series. Um, I had I wrote today will be coming out uh, tonight. If not, it might be out already. Um, so those are definitely articles you want to read. Check it out at thebaltimorebattery.com. Um, there's a bunch of articles down there you can actually read that we've put out this week. Um, you know, you have, of course, all the minor league recaps. Um, you have the Felix Bautista information if I'm going on the IL, unfortunately. Adam Jones set to retire. Um, yeah, Mount Castle's 28 game on base streak. Kyle Bradish under the radar. So there's plenty of go, plenty of articles there that you definitely want to read. Um, that definitely will grab your attention, especially since we're off tomorrow. Um, you could also be on the lookout Friday for the series preview of the Arizona Diamondbacks Orioles series. So head over to the BaltimoreBattery.com. Make sure you check them out. Um, Give us a like, follow us on Twitter and TikTok. Uh, tag handles are at Be More Battery, the Be More Battery. Sorry, at the Be More Battery. Um, follow me TikTok and Twitter at SRJ Heckman, H E C K M A N, and also the Final Strike underscore is on Twitter as well. So our tag handles Final Strike underscore. Uh, thank the Baltimore Battery for giving me the opportunity to do this and speak on this platform. I also want to thank Scooters for Rent for sponsoring us. Uh, without them, we wouldn't have the lights in the computer going. No, I'm joking. Um, anyway, if you are on the Maryland or Delaware Eastern Shore and you're in need of mobility equipment uh, from scooters, wheelchairs, electric, beach, and manual, um, lift chairs, give them a call. Tell them that Stephen from the Final Strike sent you, and make sure you have your fun alternative to walking while you're on vacation. We're going to wrap up shop here. Ladies and gentlemen of Birdland, I thank you for listening. As always, I appreciate the support. Any suggestions you have, please do not hesitate to leave in the comment section at the end here, or you can comment um, on Twitter pages. You know, you can send private messages of things you want to hear or information you want to know more about. So also be on the lookout. We're going to start doing YouTube videos as we record our sessions so we can have some live audience members here. We'll open it up to some questions with you all. So once again, thank you, Birdland. I appreciate it. Episode 25 closing now. Until next time, peace out. Thanks for listening. Go O's. Spawn is one strike from victory. Oh, wow. And here's what you pay to see. The best ever. Lorenzo and Jones on this.